The following is a GoPowerCat.com and Spirit Street production. You've discovered your link to GoPowerCat.com's PowerCat Insiders podcast, presented by Commerce Bank, and it starts right now. Now, let's go to the WTC gig-powered studios. Here's your host, GoPowerCat.com publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. Welcome to another edition of the PowerCat Insiders podcast sponsored by Commerce Bank. We have gathered on a Monday to discuss, wait for it, a victory. An ugly one. Chris Kleiman can kind of laugh about it, but it was ugly. It was just, I was sitting there watching uh, in the comfort of my home. Thanks for going, guys. Uh, that, and I'm thinking, they're going to lose this, aren't they? And then Denzel Goolsby with a great pick, and they get out of Lubbock with a 30-27 to 27 victory and get to the seventh win plateau of the season for Kleiman's first edition of K-State football. Pretty well done so far. Hasn't been pretty, but... Getting seven wins in your first season is remarkable. Another thing remarkable is Matt Walters, and guess where he works? Commerce Bank has the technology and the people to help with whatever financial challenges come your way. Commerce Bank, challenge accepted. Tacos are also accepted at this podcast. If you just want to drop through, give us some tacos. That's cool. If Texas Tech would have won, would it have been pretty or would it have been ugly, too? Uh, I think everything out of Lubbock is not pretty. Although that you got to admit, you look at the stats, the defense played better, their offense played better. I mean, it was just the kind of mirror image of the West Virginia game for me. If you look at the stats, you think, boy, Tech won this game. Had more first downs. For some reason, uh, I'm going to go on. I got I got the rant. Okay. Yeah, okay, that that, that works. I'm, I'm doing pretty no. nice. I'm doing, doing pretty nicely today. You still have yours. Oh boy. Oh. Here's my rant. So I'm back here. It's cool in the world of. Internet and PDFs, you get all the stats, boom. You can get sound from Learfield, boom. You can just look like you know everything going on. The Texas Tech stats, the PDF they put up on the Internet had no team stats on it. <laughs> they Was left that? that page out. Huh. So there was I, so I went to time of possession. And I'm like, oh, there's no team stats anywhere in this PDF. So I go on the Internet, and none, none of the Internet sets had it on there either. Time possession. But, but they had everything else. That was the only thing what, missing. What go to, was just time, go to stat broadcast? Time of possession. Well, I didn't know where they were. Uh, for that game. Thirty-two State, fifteen. Yeah, thirty-two fifteen to twenty-seven forty-five. So it's pretty even. Yeah, it's always just team dot Not always. Not everyone's on it either. No, that's true. Except I mean, there, there are a handful that don't that don't use it. The Big Twelve. I should have. I didn't think of that. I yeah. panicked. I panicked. Well, actually, I didn't realize it wasn't in there until I. Got in here mid-podcast, and I go, let's look up the team stats. I'm like, I don't have team stats. <laughs> when I printed the first six pages, they were not among it. So, so anyhow, you look at the stats, and you would thought Texas Tech would have won it, except those turnovers. And, again, the turnovers are huge, and K-State got out of where the win. So, I didn't introduce everyone. I was yeah. going to say, I was like, I was waiting for you to like, introduce. I, I plugged, well, we know I, Matt's here. We I know just, Matt I just here. got right into this. Yeah. I'm excited. It's a win. I'm Jumping Tim Fitzgerald. Right That's Matt Walters. Ryan Black from the Manhattan Mercury. And Riley Gates from here at Go Powercat sitting in for Kellis Robinette, who is in Ford Myers. Oh, I don't assume Kansas City Star rolls when he's gone? No, you're here for uh-huh. us. 
Oh. You don't like take his title. This is awkward because I sent Jeff Rosen a story today. <laughs> I wonder what he's going to do with it. Well, Kellis probably isn't because he's in <laughs> Fort Myers. Yeah, you know, I have a funny story about Jeff Rosen. Bring it on. <laughs> you guys are going to be just like. <laughs> is, it a, is it a flattering story? Well, it's a, well I mean, it's, a, it's basically what happened. So I never met Jeff. And I guess I just, you know, I think a lot of times, guys, when you don't meet, pause, yeah, this is the the sports editor of the Kansas City Star. Oh yeah, I'm sorry, I should have Play. mentioned that. <laughs> is it so? I had never met him, and I think sometimes guys, you know, you think about it, like it's hard to sometimes judge exactly what someone looks like from a Twitter photo. Sometimes they keep an old one or whatever it may be. And so he got in late, I believe, to the APSE thing or something like that. As I had just not met him, so this was last summer in Atlanta, and. You know, my parents had not been to the new stadium there where the Braves play SunTrust Park. So, you know, the APSC took its own uh, – I think you guys are going to see where this is going. Please, before 6 o'clock. Well, I, I, I'm just trying to at least set the scene. So, basically, you know, uh, you know, they took a group of the APSC people, and obviously if my parents didn't live in Georgia, I would have gone with them. But my parents said, well, hey, I'd like – we want to go to the park with you. So I went separately. Well, then – so I'm, like, waiting for my parents, and, like, I think my mom went to the bathroom, and I just happened to see a guy – Wearing a, a KC Royals hat. And I'm like, what are the chances of a guy from Kansas City being here at this game? This is so and I go up and I introduce myself and yeah, you know, and I tell him who I am. And, and he's like, wait, so you're at the APSE conference? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, well, I'm Jeff Rosen for the KC Star. I'm like, oh, my God. And then, of course, my dad had, a, had to ask him to offer me a job. <laughs> and he didn't do it. I'm still waiting for one, Jeff, so I hope you're listening. I'll agree with you. He doesn't look like his Twitter picture. I mean, so, but, but him and his wife were just extremely nice. Uh, they, they're very good people, and it was, but I felt really embarrassed that I did not, I didn't know who he was, right, just look, looking at him. I do not work for him, though. Yeah. He's a great guy. Great guy. Uh, like Matt Walters, let's just start with you. Your immediate takeaway from that victory at Lubbock. Well, third time was a charm. Yeah. We'd been working on number seven for a while, and. Um, I'll be honest, I thought there was a chance Texas Tech comes back and wins that ball game. Um, K-State overcame some mistakes. Uh, the kick return, obviously, was ginormous. Denzel Goolsby's pick was spectacular. And what what stands out to me are a couple of things. How this diminutive secondary without A.J. Parker, and even when A.J. Parker was healthy, is having success. They're doing a they're doing a really nice job. Um, I agree. And I know there are plenty of people that don't think so, but the personal fouls, the unsportsmanlike conducts, that is driving the coaching staff nuts, and that is my biggest frustration this season. Those have to end. Your thoughts on the personal fouls, Riley? Let's get right into this. I don't. I don't have as big of a deal with them as a lot of people have. <laughs> I, hey, it has caused it has it has caused them problems every time they've had one. It has something's gone wrong, and that's fair. And I, I knew somebody, <laughs> anybody in here, I knew. You, you can blame you can blame the millennial movement I, for that. I didn't say it, but yeah, I think. I just think it's so. I mean, it's what football's become now. Is that so? Is that you're so quick to dancing. throw it? I'm not just talking about the dancing. Oh, which one are you talking about then? That fits into it, but I'm talking about the course of the year. Yeah, just the whole. Young blood knows he screwed up. He apologized for it on Twitter. Great. In the tunnel, Chris Kleiman greeted him, gave him a pat on the backside, gave him a hug, and also said something, and I'm completely paraphrasing, don't do it again. <laughs> because you can't give a team like Texas Tech or anybody that short porch. No. You're going to lose games. And they immediately scored what, in a race to the touchdown. L- let me put it this way. 
since you use the word millennial, let me put it this way. Which is more important in the grand scheme of things? Winning the game or dancing for three seconds? Well, yeah, that's uh, fair. That's yeah. what I thought. 10-4, dinosaur. Thank you. I just think they're being made a bigger deal. And we got into this last week. They're not that far off of where they're being penalized from the last few years. If you look numerically, no. Statistically, they're about equal. It's that it's different penalties because this never happened under under Coach right. Snyder. But luckily, it didn't cost him. I mean, it definitely could have. Um, and so, you know, that I think that that kind of goes a lot to say what they've – how impressive this game was, that, you know. Another game where they got in trouble for things like this. They had unsportsmanlike conduct. They had some ridiculous penalties. They had miscues in you know in the secondary at times, and yet they still find a way to win this one. Yep. I, I, you mentioned it kind of their fits about the stats thing. I'm writing my post game edge, and I'm like, well, Tech kind of did a little better when they ran the ball, and well, Tech had a better game throwing the ball, and they kind of shut down K State's running game. And K-State won. I, I, I didn't know how it happened. So it was, it's pretty impressive that that's the case. Agreed. Well, I mean, for me, I'm kind of viewing it more in this big picture kind of thing in terms of, I mean, you guys really think about it. Okay, you put aside the Oklahoma State and the Baylor losses, which I feel like really K-State just didn't seem to have a chance in those games. But I think mentally they weren't prepared for Oklahoma State. And physically they weren't matched up with Baylor. It was but, just a bad matchup. But the previous two losses, I mean, a play in both those games – in case they would be sitting here at, at you know, uh, what, nine, nine and two. Mm-hmm. I mean, and that's, uh, you know, and, I'm, and I guess I'm always someone, and I know it's that whole when you play hypotheticals, right, is that, well, just because if they didn't let them score on the 50-yard touchdown against West Virginia, you don't know then how the rest of the quarter would have gone because it happened in the fourth quarter. But I'm just saying, you know, if you pick those two plays out, and then, of course, the, the, the in Texas, you know, the, the, the game-winning field goal, uh, that it's – I mean, it's been a great season so far, but it's like they're really close to having an even more remarkable season. And I like what you brought up because, like you said, this man, this defense continues to get banged up game after game. It seems like every other play, a guy's going down and going to the sideline for a snap or two, and they Think just about it. end of the game. AJ Parker and Walter Neal, they're starting mm-hmm. corners. Yep. They went through a lot to establish that those two were Big 12 level corners, and I think they sensed a difference between them and the everyone else, both out. Jonathan Durham, did he even make the trip? Yep. No. Nope. Nope. Yeah, he's he's not available. And then McPherson goes down. McPherson. So, yeah. What Say it right. It's okay. McPherson. The city's McPherson. His last name is pronounced McPherson. Yeah, there's an A in it. Trust too. me. No, there's not. No, there's not. What? No. So, hold on. The city's McPherson. Yes. He's McPherson. Oh, wait. I'm sorry. It's, I was, but it's spelled the same. I'm sorry. It I was is. thinking of one of uh, Texas Long Tech story. players. Is I, I'll get back to it if you want. Long story. Not okay, really. so his family's pronouncing his own name wrong. But anyhow, <laughs> that has nothing to do with this story. Um, so they're down four key ingredients in that secondary late in the game. And, you know, Lance Robinson, bless his heart, got turned around and got torched. But for the most part, that kid played really well in this game. He took away two touchdowns. McGee's the one that got torched. Not, I know it on the fake punt. No, on the that last touchdown pass. Right, I'm talking about really getting torched. That's the play that's inexcusable in my the mind. The McGee, he didn't even he, 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 he like put a hand on him, and no. he just that was it. I didn't get that. I didn't get that at all. I don't know because the was defense doing. was out on the field. You are in punt safe. You go with the guy. He didn't go with him. Literally touched him, put his hand on him. And then let him go. Oh, it's just nice to say hello once in a while. <laughs> but, yeah, but anyhow, the secondary, for the most part, held up. It was it's well, impressive. This is kind of stepping on something I'm going to have on the site later this week. But the medical staff has been I, – I mean, look, I, I, I don't know that 
details of everything they do on a weekly basis. But I think it's amazing that they can get these guys. Now, you're not going to get A.J. Parker back from his injury, obviously. You're not going to get uh, uh, Sammy Wheeler. Torn ACL, what, what can you do? But Harder. Jay, like, like a James Gil- – yeah, Adam Harder. But like a James Gilbert, a Jordan Brown, these nagging injuries that in the past they've kept guys out four or five weeks at a time. And you're like, well, maybe they'll be back. Maybe they won't. And yet we, we see guys go down in the game like this almost weekly, like we mentioned, and yet they're back on the field real quickly, and they don't even sh- show signs of limitation. I mean, the training room is full every day. I've yeah, been I'm very sure. impressed with, with how quickly people have come back from injuries this year. Well, they're going to have to have a couple guys come back. This team needs Malik Knowles, and they need Walter Neal for Saturday. Now oh, they yeah, have plenty of time sure. to heal up, but <clears throat> they're going to be a better team with them against Iowa State if they have them. I don't know what exactly is wrong with Malik, but I diagnosed that he broke his arm. I also diagnosed the wrong arm. So <laughs> I wasn't a good moment on Twitter. Malik's body has just been beat up this year. Yeah. He might have broken his left arm and injured his right. It, his left arm bent awfully funny. Sounds like down. they're going to be both back, though. Both That's he, amazing. Both he and Walter Neal. That's what Coach said on the talk. Malik's was upper arm around the shoulder area. Got it. dumped on it, it hard. Popped out. Yeah. My on-the-field expert, the guy that knows about joints popping out, uh, Marcus Watts, texted me and said he noticed the trainer pop it back in before he took him off the field, his shoulder. (sighs) Just hearing that. I know. I know. But they got to be tougher than us. We're journalists. They're football players. I don't care who you are. It still hurts. I got a cut once, and I sat out a game. It still hurts. So. But it's been incredible. Well, not talk about myself, but I did sit out in the Mississippi State press box when you he jokers did. went inside. So he did. Whatever. That's tough. It is, man. Like, yeah. <laughs> Some might have used the word stupid. Yeah, well, that yeah. You know, this is one other thing I want to say about this game, and I know you guys have probably covered a lot more of them, given the tendencies of the Big Twelve. But off the top of my head, I couldn't think of another game I've ever covered where there was so little scoring in the first half, and then it just completely flipped in the second. I've and it flipped in favor yeah. of Tech, and that's exactly the kind of game you don't want to get into mm-hmm. with Texas Tech. Yeah. They're like, well, we're not very good on defense, so let's score a bunch of points, and we're going to wear you out. And it all worked until Denzel Goolsby picked off that pass, which was an incredible. Major. I, I got to say this. for you know We mentioned the secondary. How many times have we seen interceptions or big plays by this team that clearly were – Results of good scouting and preparation. Daquan Patton's interception, you mean? Right. And, and that's where I'm going next because that's the second one for him. The one he had in the KU the game. The KU game, yeah. Was phenomenal. It was all prep. Ran a better prep. route than the, K, the KU receiver. <laughs> and, the, and the next thing I was going to say was as good as the, the – as good as the secondary um, has been, I thought Saturday that Daquan and Sullivan played maybe their best games. Of I the agree. Year. They were really good. They were really good. Daquan was a madman. We were discussing before we got on the air, uh, the staff and I were sitting around going, well, does the NFL draft streak in? And I thought, Daquan Patton might, because he's going to test well. He's yep. gonna. He looks the part. I mean, I know he looks the part because he looks physically just like me. You know, he's ripped. Uh, he's imposing. He, you know, the, the women go, "Oh, I know how it feels." And so, uh, when he goes in and tests well, I think he's going to get drafted. What a, what a cross you bear. I know. Yeah, yeah. I know. It's just not easy. France and Coltmeyer might get looks. I think Coltmeyer. I think Coltmeyer has been one of the. Um, 
more unsung guys. And he'll test well. This year. He will. He'll test well. He'll have a chance. Whatever, if Scott France gets drafted, it'll be much lower than mm-hmm. than it was at the start of the year. Mm-hmm. I think he was a third or fourth round pick at the start of the season. He has fallen. And we were just talking about, I think it's amazing they won this game another day they couldn't run the ball worth a damn. And they didn't get a block. I mean, you say that, and then they did in the fourth quarter. A little. I mean, they sprung a couple runs that changed the. But that tells me a lot of this is mental. They got in the fourth quarter when Tech knew they were going to run. They knew exactly what was coming, and K State had maybe two of its three best runs from the line of scrimmage. Skyler found a seam, and then Gilbert. Went into the mass humanity and said, "The heck with this! I'm getting out of here." And Skyler threw a brilliant block. Exit stage left, and yeah. so did and so did Schoen. Yeah. Schoen had a great yeah. block on that play too. And so they didn't run the ball, but by God, they did when they needed to it the most. And that tells me it's kind of a mental thing going on with them right now. When there was a real sense of urgency, by God, they ran the ball. Yeah, it's, it's, that's what's frustrating to me. I don't know those light those light ones. The late James Gilbert run kind of skewed what I was, what I was writing about at the time. Skewed the numbers, but it's all about you. Yeah, well, yeah, you know when I'm trying to finish my stuff. I think it was. I mean, the, the yards per carry was like two point nine or three point one or something like it was that. Three point. I mean, at one point. Oh yeah, and yeah. And then it was just slightly better than what they did the week before. So I, I think it's amazing that because the the easy wins, you know, the, the KU. Um, not saying Oklahoma was easy, but they won that game because they ran the ball so mm-hmm. well over 200. You know, it's been easy to point to. They won the game because they ran the ball so well. It was such a huge part of the offense. And yet they beat Texas Tech. They were in the game at Texas without a dominant running effort. And it's not like they threw the ball over this Texas Tech defense either. I mean, they you know ended up hitting a, hitting a few big ones. But I, I thought Skyler was going to hit 300 coming into this game. I do. They're so bad. At, well, they were next to last in the in the dead FBS. Last. Dead last. Oh, in well, the FBS. Yeah, yes. in the FBS. Yeah, yeah, you're talking about among Power Five teams. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Dead last in uh, Big Twelve by yeah. a mile. Yeah, giving up four seventy eight a game. I did like their linebackers, especially yeah. Jordan Moore. Oh, yeah. Jordan Brooks. Brooks. I'm sorry, I said Moore. Oh. Yeah, Brooks. Yeah, I, you said Moore, and then my brain blinked out. Yeah, he's the real deal, and he was injured. Yeah, yeah, he wasn't playing healthy. <laughs> That's a little scary. I know. Yeah, well, I think I think Texas Tech's going to be fine under Matt Wells. I just don't think they have the right mix of guys to run their systems right now. They're on their third quarterback, kind of. Should have been their second, but it's their third. Um, and T.J. Vasher was nowhere to be found. No. Well, you're talking about a big loss for them. I mean, we talked about the trouble that again that K State's smaller corners have had. I mean, he's six six and just mm-hmm. a, just a physical specimen. He would have caused problems Saturday for Thought sure. Thought we were going to see a Colin Johnson. Yes. All over. Exactly again. what I was thinking. PJ Vasher, you know, was suspended for a couple games. He was no factor whatsoever Saturday. So I think Tech will get up and running. And fortunately for Kansas State, they went in there and got the win. They'll have to regather themselves and come home and play Saturday against an Iowa State team that no one can figure out. Are they good? Are they mediocre? We'll kind of touch on that in the second half of the Powercat Insiders podcast. Kansas State is 7-4. and four. They are 4-4 four and four in the Big 12. One game to go. Don't get too fat on Thanksgiving because 48 hours later you need to scream your face off at Bill Snyder Family Stadium. Stay locked in. The PowerCat Podcast will be right back. 
We now send it back to Fitz in the WTC gig-powered studios. Welcome back to the PowerCat Insiders podcast sponsored by Commerce. In that expansive break we just took, we discussed Ryan Black's upcoming rant. And I don't know if it's going to peel paint, but it he's he's ready. He's got a topic. It's about lukewarm coffee. Am I supposed to go now? No, no that was you're my not. Cue. No, okay. I'm trying to build it up. All right. It's kind of like uh, sure. we'll tell you when. Yeah. All right. Yeah. It's you know. And after this, we'll talk about something really good, and then they never talk about it. We need a button, like a soundboard. Ryan Durant. We can do a little. I could do that. I could put it on my computer and have a little button that says Ryan Durant, and then we have this you know, like NASCAR sounds. Ryan Durant. I'm revved up. K-State, Iowa State on Saturday. The Wildcats won, in case you missed it. Judging from our traffic on our website, you didn't miss it. And uh, then they come home to play Iowa State. I don't like these after-Thanksgiving games, Matt. This is my 10-4 dinosaur rant. Why? Just only certain games should be after Thanksgiving. We should be done with college football for the most part and preparing for the college football playoff of 16 teams. So what, you want to move the season up a week? I don't know. I mean, like, what? What's yeah, your... it's all. Would you rather play a game in late August or late November? I... I'd vote for late November. I vote yeah. we yeah. had another week. This is a good idea. Late oh, November. okay. So you're saying like have like no. almost every team off? Like, no, I'm saying like and se- then the... September we have like 37 days. Oh. So we had another week. So you want? To... Oh, okay. I want you to change the rules of science. Of... Yeah. Not no, bad. I, no. I yeah. Know yeah. Yeah. So oh, like, okay. in about ten years, winter comes in August because we've screwed up the calendar. Yeah. No, we're not doing that. Well, no. crowd is. I mean, here when K State has a home game, it's messed up because, just like most places, you have Thanksgiving break. Right. You also have the all the state high school championship games. So there's a few thousand there that can't come. Right. Yeah. But I'd rather play in 35 than. 105. I agree with yep. you. I August just, is not early. Late August would be too early. I mean, I, I'm not disagreeing like with that. We shouldn't start basketball in that, early November. I just want basketball. more weeks in September and October when the weather's okay. So you don't have Iowa State figured out yet? I don't have Iowa State figured out. Are they a good team or are they a mediocre team? I think it depends on the day. I think they're better than seven and four, but they've played down down to seven and sure four. Sure did Saturday. I think they have the explosive ability to be like nine and two right now, but they have not played well. They say could be nine and two. Well, that's fair. Different. I. They also got to win that over Oklahoma. That if you played it ten times, might win one. I just don't think the Big Twelve is very good this year. I, look here. I just say you when I look at Iowa State, I don't think okay. it is very good. When I look at Iowa State, they have everything that you need. To be a really solid team, except they have for the number one, one. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> the number one run defense in the Big Twelve. Okay, they have statistically the number one quarterback in the Big Twelve, but he's not. He's still a top four quarterback in the Big Twelve. They have an amazing running back in Brees Hall, who, God, that's going to hurt when he goes for probably two touchdowns mm-hmm. on Saturday. And they have a they have a, an elite receiver threat, not as good as Hakeem Butler was, but Could I mean, wait a second, they, sorry. You use the word amazing. If he, if Brees, no offense to the freshman from Wichita, if Brees Hall is amazing, what is Chuba Hubbard? Oh, yeah, spectacular, the best. Amazing was probably amazing was probably too good of a word. Just making sure. But he is pretty good freshman. He, I mean, he 
He's surpassing what I anticipated. Um, probably what Matt Campbell anticipated. They've got, I guess they've got the pieces. He's providing a strong running game, and yet they're 7-4, and four, and it doesn't make sense to me. Who are the other quarterbacks? I mean, if you obviously Hurts and Ellinger, but who, who's, if you say top four? Brewer. Brewer? What about Sanders? Uh, probably not counting him because he's hurt. No. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. You mean among Yeah, that's feet. why I did it. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, that's why. Okay. I'm just curious. I don't think Spencer Sanders is better. Do you than realize him. what Matt Walters just did to you? He's making you show your work. Yeah, he coached you while you're speaking. Now, I can't take credit for any of my ability to do this, but this guy was at my side for, I don't know. Years, just say it that way. A long time, guiding me, molding me like the lump of talking clay that I was into what I've become, which is trash. But he he got me here, and that was, you know, a step up. I'm so confused. Anyhow, what I'm trying to say is uh, Commerce Bank is really awesome. That's not – that was a terrible segue. Yeah, it was. That was awful. I learned it. I did not coach you that yeah. way. Life is full of moments big and small, especially this time of year. Commerce Bank has the technology and the people to help with whatever financial challenges come your way. Commerce Bank, challenge accepted. And you were and still are a challenge. I am. Ha. I am. They have great tight ends. That's going to be an issue for K-State on Saturday. Building off Riley's point, though, they have great parts. They do. Their sum isn't what their parts seem to indicate. And that begins to unwind my argument that Matt Campbell is a great coach. He hasn't gotten much out of this group. I feel like other coaches, as long as they weren't at Texas, would have gotten more out of this talent. Mm. You're, You're fringing on pushing a button with me. I love Matt Campbell. I know you got a man crush here. I think you still have to wait a little bit, though. I don't. How old's the guy? Thirty. Seventeen. Thirty-seven, maybe. Thirty-six. Thirty-seven. We'll say it. Yeah. I don't. It's going to take a little time, but he's. I know. I'm aggressively well, drinking over here. Well, and the other thing too, Fitz, is maybe I don't think you would be judging him as harshly if they weren't picked to finish third in the league, and maybe that was That's fair. not fair. It definitely wasn't fair to pick him third. I mean, that, that falls on the media, but I mean, DC, they lost TCU, maybe. I, I wasn't know. sold on that one. No. I don't know. I don't have a good answer for that. But, like, they lost two of the greatest yeah. players in program history. Yeah, Montgomery and Butler. Yeah. Sacco yeah. Wallace. And Lazard. And Alan Lazard. They're a really good team. I think... I think because they, I think for some reason people want to look at their wins that, you know, they squeak out a win over KU... Looks really bad. They lose games, uh, games that maybe they should have won at some point, and people are quick to because for some reason, over I mean because KU probably hasn't been competitive is why K State fans hate Iowa State football more than they hate KU football. It's been a great rivalry. There's been a weird shift in the in Farmageddon over the last six years, and I, I'm not saying it's it's wrong. I'm saying for some reason. I think K State fans tend to nick or pick, nick nitpick nick pick? I would nit, nick pick uh, nitpick. nitpick yeah that's what I'm trying to say yeah <laughs> Iowa State down you know they have an issue and they want to just pull it apart and, and magnify it and point out everything that's wrong with it whereas nobody in this conference is perfect this year I mean K State included obviously and for some reason I just think Iowa State gets held to a higher standard when they have 
some issues. And so at seven and four, people want to say, oh, wow, that's so bad. But seven and four for K-State, I mean, I think K-State and Iowa State are pretty close to about the same team this year. Well, and I think, Riley, again, because all of you guys can speak to this much better than I can because you've been around longer on this beat. But don't you think you're saying like the fact that K-State fans nitpick Iowa State more than KU is because they actually see Iowa State as a potential real threat because yeah. of what Campbell can build? Or I think people just like, oh, well, they're going to beat KU. Well, they'd be, they'd be doing it to KU if KU was Well, that's, and that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. because of, of just them seeing Because they've taken that role. That's, yes. They've taken the rival role. And yes. now they've come into Kansas, running back from Wichita. Offensive lineman in next year's class, Emporia. Is that mm-hmm. right? I mean, they're, they've come, they're starting to raid south. Uh, into this recruiting territory, and that amps up a rivalry. When you start playing teams and they have guys that you wanted and you didn't get because they took them, that gets your attention pretty quick. Yeah. That's, and well, even for fans, but I'm talking coaches. And, and I think even, uh, too, when, when you – I mean, I can speak to this from where I'm from, is that, uh, like, when KU has been as bad as they have been and K-State just every year would beat them, you know, kind of either convincingly or not, they would beat them every year. And I think you're, the fans just start to say, well, that's a win. They just go into every mm-hmm. – and that's what happened with Georgia and Georgia Tech is that, you know, Rick was there 15 years. He won 13 out of the 15 matchups. And the one matchup was like that, that year uh, where – they gave up like a kick return, like very, like they had like a 99.9% chance to win the game with like however many seconds left in the fourth quarter. And Tech got like a long kick return, uh, kicked a field goal, and then they won like double or triple overtime. So I'm just saying that I just think that when you start, when you've got a long, long, long run of success against an in state opponent, your fan base starts to just go in every year saying, well, that's a win. Now we have to turn our attention to another team. Yeah. Before you go out of state. It's justified. Don't get me yeah. like, I love yeah. the rivalry. I yeah. love K State, Iowa State. I'm saying that's why I think people are so harsh on Iowa State. Oh, yeah, for sure. Iowa State is in the process of learning how to win on a yearly basis. Right. Keep in mind they are bowl eligible for a third straight year for the second time yeah. ever. That's like in the 70s, right, was the last time? Ever. Yeah. So they are they are a program that's pretty solid right now. Yeah. They've got a really good head coach. He's getting pretty good talent. But it's not like he's done it for a dozen years or 15 years yet. So this year they had some expectations put on them, and they're finding out how hard it can be. The Big 12 is much closer together from number one to number 10. And Iowa State, if you want to call them underachievers, okay. Just like to me, Baylor is the one team that I think I know I did and so many people underestimated in this. Oh, absolutely. 100%. 100%. And Iowa State's got really good talent. They got big guys out on the edge of wide receiver, good running backs, a quarterback that's a gamer. Any of us would like to have Brock Purdy as our quarterback. I don't mean K-State. If we're coaching, we'd like to have Brock Purdy as our quarterback. Um, they're just, they are much more of what K-State has been and is so they're they're kind of like a brother. Well, I'll just say this because we're on this this Matt Campbell train right now. If I was Southern Cal, I would thank Clay Hilton for his efforts and try to bring him. To well, sadly, I don't think Matt, as much as I would think it's a good hire, I don't think Matt Campbell's on their list because it's Iowa State. Yeah, and I think USC thinks they're above Iowa State. But they they, they did hire Clay Hilton as head coach after he had never been higher than a position coach. Fair. So. I mean, huh. I, Matt Campbell's on the on the wish list of about four schools right now already. I something yeah, tells me if the, the right one comes along. <laughs> well, see, the, the school I really thought should have maybe also at least seen if he would be willing to leave is uh, in terms of leaving to go to USC was like James Franklin. 
Because I just feel like his his energy and passion is one of the things that recruits his love so much. I just think he can connect whether he's coaching in the Northeast or the Southeast or Texas. Or I just think his energy just kind of transcends kind of anything else. I mean, and, if you're uh, being honest, this game probably could dictate Campbell's future yeah. at Iowa State. For sure. If he go, if he loses to Kansas State and he's seven and five, and they end up in the Cheez It Bowl. You're, then you're, if you're Arkansas or Florida State, you're kind of like, yeah. Nope. Why? Why do we want him? But if whoa, they're eight whoa, and four, whoa, whoa. you, do you, yes, you think I'm trashing the cheese? No, 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 no. But you think Cam would go to Arkansas right now? Oh my God! No, I don't think he would. I'm saying I think Arkansas would want him. Arkansas, want him. Arkansas, want him. Arkansas. You don't want any of that Arkansas job right now. No, he's sure. on Arkansas's Man. list. But what I'm saying is that. But then at eight and four, if he goes to Houston for the Texas Bowl, or he's in Orlando for the Camping World Bowl. Florida State says, "Yeah, well, then he wins. He's nine and four at Iowa State he'd after be, losing yeah. two NFL draft picks. I think he'd be a great hire at Florida State. This is a this is a huge game for Iowa State to keep him. I don't think he's going anywhere. I don't either. I think he's sitting pretty, waiting on a certain job. We can guess what that is, but Ohio State probably that'd be my guess. Ryan Day's got that one locked down. But oh, does he? I mean, uh, he does. He's he could stay as long as he wants, but." He might be such a hot commodity, some NFL franchise will just give him the keys. Yeah. I'll say that I was wrong about Ryan Day because I, I just thought – I know everyone wanted to make the parallels. Okay, was, he's basically doing exactly what Lincoln Riley did. But I'm like, I mean, how many Lincoln Rileys are out there, right? How can you really expect that? And he's been he's been great. His I, day has been great. I've never had any luck with someone named Riley. Really? I've never really worked out at all. What about Ryan, though? Ryan's pretty good. Right? Yeah, that yeah, works. Ryan Day. Matt, Matt's not so much either. Anyhow, well, uh, what's your? Is it time for the rant? Uh, Hold on, let me say one thing. Real yeah. Wait, and I have well, one other thing I want to say before that. Too. Oh boy, we'll all point at Brock, We'll point at Brock Purdy this weekend. We'll point at Brees Hall. You know, whatever. We'll talk about these. Ray Lima is the guy that I think probably won't get the attention he deserves coming into this game because that's if K State can find a way to to get a block on him, the rain game might be successful. But he's going to have a chance to blow up blow up everything K-State wants to do with the ball. So that's that's the matchup I think a lot of people should keep their eye on. Well, I just want to say, guys, you know, it just literally hit me while we were talking about this. And I know if I was Bill Plaschke or anybody at the L.A. Times who has the money and the wherewithal to do this, I would do the story about, like, how much do you think USC is kicking itself right now that it, they didn't end up giving the full-time gig to Orgeron? Do you remember he finished with 10 wins when he took over as an interim coach, won the bowl game, and it seemed like the energy and everything was there. And then they said, oh, eh, sorry, Ed. You know, we remember how bad you were at Ole Miss. Thanks for all your help, but we're, we're going a different direction. And I look – I mean, I, I've – off the top of my head, I'm trying to think of anybody I've ever seen because I didn't think he was going to work out at LSU. I didn't think they were going to be able to beat Alabama. I mean, I, I just I, – so I'm just trying to think of the last time I've seen anyone kind of reclimate their career to the point that, that Ordron has been able to do. Because, I mean, he was terrible at Ole Miss. He was terrible. I never thought he would get another coaching job like LSU. He is the finest college football coach in history. That sounds like a cartoon character. <laughs> you know what hit me on Saturday? <laughs> One of those days where you actually have the chance to watch game day. Mm-hmm. Um I said to, to Wyatt and Stan right after it happened, so they do the little cutaway and, you know, 35, 45 seconds with Orgeron. And at the end of his interview, he said, uh, go Tigers. Yeah, every time. Fitz, Riley, for that matter, and you too, you, you've been here. Did you ever imagine Bill Snyder dropping in a go cat <laughs> at the end of one of those? No. No. I love Ed Orgeron's voice. I love listening to him talk. Oh, I do too. Because it sounds like he's got 38 pounds of gravel in his throat. Oh, yeah. 
Um, if Bill would have done it, though, that's smooth. You know, his smooth voice, just go cats. I think I see where USC comes from. I understand why you might want to write that article. I mean, I if would. You're out, well, if you're out there. And it's very topical. But just because of what I feel like doing. Orgeron, he's LSU. He's Louisiana. It just has fit. It snapped. Mm-hmm. It's about where he yeah. is, not who he is. He's at home. He's comfortable. Yeah. The recruits get it. He knows every little parish and turn in the road down there so he can mm-hmm. talk to the families. Knows where the mud bugs are. I don't know it, what that is, but I'm sure he does. If I'm James Franklin, I would caution myself, and I would want the people around me to caution me on taking the USC job if they came after him. I agree. I look at it as be careful what you wish for. Yep. Not from USC side, but him. Because to me, he fits Happy Valley. He doesn't fit L.A. USC and Florida State, for me, are in the same realm. And that being great traditional powers seen by fans as something that they aren't in reality anymore. They have neglected their kingdom to the point where it's hard for a coach to win there. It's just not the same right now at USC. It's not the same even close at Florida State. If you're Florida State, why are you even having to rally the alumni to build facilities? Where the hell have you been the last 20 years when everyone else has been building facilities? To just take it off and say, hey, we're Florida State and throw a big spear in the ground and think you're going to win every game? I mean, these programs have just kind of died on the vine, and they have no one to blame but themselves. And maybe the name alone can get you over the hump. But at some point, recruits are going to go, hey, I really like the coach, and I love the school. But, man, they don't really seem to get much ado about football because I go to every other school, and they got better stuff. I'll be honest. I, I didn't notice. Is, is USC behind on facilities? A little bit. Yeah, they just, fixed, they just fixed I mean, I knew it was about. I They're knew, not as bad as, as Florida State. I knew State. Florida State was really bad but for, for what they are. Yeah. For, Florida State, go higher prime time. Do it. Do it. <laughs> oh, God. Do it. Do it. Not the first person I've heard say that. And, yeah. Do it. I will laugh so hard. The last thing I want to say on Florida State. A lot of energy. Yeah. I was going to say, the last thing I want to say on Florida State, which has nothing to do with this coaching stuff, but I don't know if you guys remember when Burt Reynolds died. No, I don't. And oh, man. I, <laughs> okay. No, I went and looked at my playgirl just to remember him well. <laughs> so, after he, and you guys know that he's a Florida State alum. I guess he was, he was roommates with Lee Corso there. Um, someone had this unbelievable tweet. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know he's what the tweet was. himself up. It, they said prior to the game. <laughs> <laughs> is that instead of Chief Osceola flying out there, you know, going out there on a horse, that they, he should be in, a, in, you know, like a bandit Trans Am. Right. And then throw the spear out of the car. That's awesome. It was an amazing idea. I mean, of course, you can't have a car on the field before a game, but it, it would have been. Tell that to Willie when he used to drive out to midfield. That wasn't it, a real car. Wait, what? That wasn't a real car. He had a car? Yeah, he had a little car. Yeah, he had a little car. Like, like one of the little like uh, uh, clubhouse cars, like you would go get a picture in or something? from. Like, no, it's no, no, it was that. like a little toy car. Oh, like the ones you would see at a I mean, Shriner's the fact, Parade. The fact that yeah. a, okay. Closer. Okay. The fact that a 20-year-old male can fit in that car and drive it was amazing. Hmm. And I don't know what happened to it. Did it have an engine or he had to pedal it? An engine. I'm going to have to look this up. This is wild. You, I, think, I, Barney, you think Barney Rubble is? You have to pedal it. <laughs> well, I mean, I just... You know, I mean, come on, guys. Oh, we had horses that dragged it around the field. Well, I'm just saying, how long ago did they stop doing this? But hell, they were doing it. I was probably early high school when he was still driving. I mean, he'd drive around the parking lot and everything, and then after the Willie video would play, he'd pull it in on the, well where the band is now, 
but on that little path that enters in and like the same it. path they take around for the Harley Day stuff. Yeah, yeah. well, like on, coming into like the stadium. Like ah. yeah. And then he'd drive to midfield and do the KSU, and then he'd buzz out in it. I'm about to so look this weird, up with the podcast. It was is. such a small car. <laughs> <laughs> I like that's what stuck with you. It's just like a car. big head. <laughs> it got great gas mileage. Up. I mean, man. <laughs> Are you gonna get to your rant? So yeah. So again, it's what Riley brought up, kind of touched on, and I know he, he even it sounded like he caught himself. Why? Why do we make such a big deal about celebrations? Like, like, why do we have a problem with it? Like, let, let the kids have fun. You know, I mean, they just scored a touchdown, or they made a huge. I think, and don't get me wrong, I don't, I don't like the guys who like you're down sixty zero and you break up a pass. And you're like, yeah, you know, no good. Look at me. Like that's stupid, and you should feel ashamed for doing that because you're an idiot. But like, when a guy scores a touchdown and a game changing kind of touchdown, like what Youngblood did, what did he do that was wrong? Like if he pulled down his pants and mooned the crowd, that's like literally, not like Moss did where he he <laughs> pantomimed it. But why do we have a problem with it? Like, what are they? How is that actually disrespecting opponents? Like, you should have stopped him. If you don't want him to celebrate, stop him. But it's ridiculous that we're going to punish kids for just having a little bit of fun. I just don't see anything disrespectful with it. That's all. It gets back. and it bothers me that we're, we're we're at that point that. And I saw what you said, Riley, is that you know then people want to start saying very coded language about. Young blood. They wouldn't have said that about, you know. If Dalton Schoen had Dalton Schoen, thug would not have been the word they would have chosen to say. Someone it. actually called Josh Youngblood a thud. Thug in my Twitter yeah. mentions. So, yeah, sure but no, you're right. Sure I mean, the thing, the thing with it is, he didn't do anything. Oh, here's, here's that was right. one of the most. It gets back to yeah. the the rant we used to have. I mean, and probably always will have in basketball season. John Higgins has a. You know, personality because he's that guy, that, that ref. Mm-hmm. Well, college football refs love to see themselves on TV. Yeah, they love the, to make the big call. Yep. and it's start. We, we're starting to name, you know, Reggie Smith, White Hat Reggie Smith, and we're, and we're starting to know all these uh, referees and Mike Defee. Uh, yeah, Mike Defee. So people just wanting to, they just want to play. Nothing again. Nothing he did. He didn't use the ball as a prop. He didn't remove his helmet on the field. He didn't taunt an opponent. He celebrated a touchdown. Okay, so this was what I pointed out to Riley, that you guys had context that it was a bad call because you saw everything. You saw what happened, and it probably wasn't worth the flag. TV didn't show it. Mm-hmm. They cut away from him, kind of motioning as he went across the goal line and went to another angle. We didn't see it. So we, we assumed he really did something, that he did moon the crowd or took off his helmet or you know, something like that. After you see what he did, you're like, really? Come on, man. I mean, I get that. It's AD both, for like three seconds. It wasn't that big a deal. Yeah, it it's was. both sides of it. As my dad, the coach, would always tell me, don't put yourself in a position to let a dumbass referee, he didn't say dumbass, I think he used a worse word, uh, say, you know, do something like that. Take it. Take the power away from them. Get to the sideline. Do your thing. Don't let them decide if it's a penalty. Uh, the last thing I do want to say on that is, and don't get me wrong, I know there are some of the, the officials you're talking about where it, it, it does go to their head either because their power, they're just all about showing how much power they have or they do want to be on TV. But I do think most officials, they're just they're they're upholding what they have been taught are, are the rules, and we don't like I mean I don't like them but I do feel like most of them are just doing their job and so really it's more on the powers that be who who write the rule book who who need to change this so I mean I, and that's one thing because the refs have such a thankless job guys I, I don't and I know I've seen all this stuff about like there's a shortage of officials in our country and that that doesn't help the kids who are trying to play games they don't have officials to 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 get out there and and, and referee so I 
I, I just I usually do not try to ever get too hard on the refs because I just know that again the only good time they have is if they're not being talked about. So uh, I just know they have a very thankless job. So God bless you because yeah. I will always destroy yeah. us. I, I just feel I like worse. to thank the referees for doing their job. So thus I prove Ryan Black wrong is not a thankless job. Yeah. I'll be the what Youngblood did was. 180 degrees different from eight or nine guys sitting down like they're rowing a boat, like you see on Sundays. <laughs> but I'm, a, I am. It's just me. I, I, I do like the just the amount of effort that goes into you know, the coordination of that. It, it's just me. Yeah. Certain, I'm not going to change it. I would rather see Josh Youngblood sprint back to the sideline, jump up and hit one of his. You know how they jump and yeah. You had you had ten other dudes that did it for you, helped you get to the end zone. Right. Yeah, that's I'd rather, true. That's I'd rather so, because the 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 only issue I have with the entire dancing and is it's it it glorifies one person me. Yeah, doesn't glorify team. Mm-hmm. It glorifies me. I mean, and that's and that's there's no disputing that point. Uh, I can't. To me, there's more important things in a ball game than what you do after a touchdown. I agree. Gave him 15 yards. Set up Move an on. easy touchdown. Yeah, just don't take the power away from the officials. But someone with great deal of power and responsibility in this world of podcasting is Ryan Black because he's created this desire for his rants. People but, uh, beyond I, Matt, though, Matt's the only one who ever breaks it up to me. How, how many people have you seen who actually? I probably get uh, 13 or 14 handwritten notes a week. <laughs> Children, really? yeah, children, Attention. grandparents, yeah, yeah, dearest sir. Rant department. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, you know. I'm glad I got that because it's better than stuffing. Okay. I didn't realize we were going to start a fight. Or in your part of the country, dressing. Yeah, dressing is what they would call it. <laughs> so, ladies I'll and gentlemen. I'll come back to that. Are we really about done. to fight about stuffing? No, we're no? not going to do that because we're, we're running along. Uh-huh. And uh, I, I just uh, played the idiot totally on our Powercat Overtime podcast that we recorded. So we're going to not do that. Ryan Black, you better have something good because little Johnny, who has a, a really bad uh, foot fungus, and we're sending this out to him. Uh, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to say that we're doing it for a kid with cancer because there's kids with cancer. And, you know, but the foot fungus thing is really a big deal. And he wrote me from his uh, bed. Said, I want a good rant from Ryan. Just have another good one next makes, Monday. Yeah. Makes me want to live or walk. Before Go. we get off, I just want to oh, say, you know, off the podcast, just that, man, young blood. What, what a, I mean, what a freshman season he's having. And, you know, I mean, we heard all about him at, at the Big 12 Media Day. Like, Skylar Thompson and, and Kleiman both were just raving about how much of a difference they thought he would make this year. And it took him a little bit of time to find his feet. But, man, he's, he's coming on strong. Coming on strong. Speaking of feet, little Johnny has a foot fungus, and he'd like a good rant from you. Go. He already did it. He did his rant. That was it? Really? The yeah, rant about done. the officials? It's uh, done. Oh, the celebration? It's done five minutes ago. For God's sake. That sucks. <laughs> I got confused. Little Johnny's going to die from a foot fungus based on that. I thought it was a good rant. Okay. Good work, Ryan. Next one. Next so Monday. I didn't realize. the. F- I just thought he was talking. I, he yeah. said one more thing before my rant. Matt set him up for the rant. Oh, well, for God's yeah, sake. Yeah, well, I mean, but the one more thing was just what I was saying about the the bandit car and Burt Reynolds and Chief Oldfield. We don't Oldfield. need to go back there. So. Yeah, we don't. We don't. Yeah. We're good. Happy Thanksgiving. Well, 
Yeah, we got uh, a basketball game to cover in about an hour. Yeah, is KC going to win this basketball game? I want a I want a hot prediction right now, before the game's played. But people will listen to this after the game starts. Yeah, they'll win. They'll win. They'll win. Hat trick. Okay, I'm going to say they win too. And plus, I'm going to go this far. Pitt will cease to exist after this game. Wow. They'll shut it down. You've been listening to the PowerCat Insiders Podcast, presented by Commerce Bank. PowerCat Podcast. All rights reserved. GoPowerCat.com and Spirit Street Publishing.